Welcome back to Dadology. Man, it feels like it's been forever. Mainly because in our last last three episodes, we, we did it under one recording night. You know, it was a very, very long and exhausting recording night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but that covered three episodes, which is a month and a half of recording. And let me tell you, I'm just... It just feels weird. <laughs> you know, when you take a break like that, you know, not that we haven't been working on stuff, but when you take a break from recording, it just feels a little strange. Um, but guys, uh, just seeing the response on the last few uh, episodes and things like that, it's just been really cool. Um, now, diving into this one, uh, before we get started, I do want to say uh, I apologize. Uh, you have to deal with just me tonight. In this episode, with John having his new little one coming in and having to take care of the baby and take care of the wife, uh, it takes a whole lot of time and a whole lot. It's just very, very difficult to to get in there and try to schedule around things. And so we weren't able to make it this time. Hopefully, this coming, uh, this next episode, uh, he'll be able to kind of make it, you know, his welcome back appearance so be looking forward to that but sadly guys you have me tonight um you know you know he bring he brings a lot more of the light-hearted funniness to all of this uh you know so and you know, i apologize i'm not as witty and uh come you know don't have the comebacks like he does <laughs> but you know so we'll miss him this week um and so hopefully the next episode, uh, we'll be able to get him back in on this and going on this. Um, but guys, pray for him, pray for his family. Um, you know, anytime a new baby comes in, there's always a lot of transition. You know, that he has other kids, of course, so it's not like he hasn't done this before, but it's it's still just different dynamics, different things that you have to just learn and do with each kid that you bring into this world, and they all act differently, right? And so let's, you know, definitely at the end of this, we're definitely going to pause and pray uh, for John and his family. And so, um, so one thing you might also hear um, in this episode is there's a little bit more background noise. I'm hoping I can edit a lot of it out, but there is a little bit more background noise. And that's because I'm having to record this one outside. (laughs) This is super fun super different and i did it at night because it has been if you live in the south it is way too hot to be sitting out here doing this during the day that is for sure the humidity will destroy you it is not fun you guys and so definitely had to wait till night but that's when all the critters come out and they make a lot of noise and so hopefully i can edit a lot of that out so it won't be in there but if i can't it's there it's just part of it and so um, well, I hope you guys enjoyed the last three episodes where we talked about that kind of difference between Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar and, you know, how we are to act towards God, you know, we act a little bit more like Daniel, you know, where he sought after God and, you know, had moments where he had to pause and praise God and, and pray for things and fight for things and, and, you know, but he also showed a lot of honor and respect and things like that to 
people that were around him and that he had that he was working with you know and so it's just it was just a cool it's just a cool story and there's so much more we could have pulled out of it even though you know we we spent like i said probably uh, it was like almost three hours of recording um that it, we there was just so much we could have pulled out that we just weren't able to get all of it in and we we kind of skipped over about like some of the end time prophecy and things like that and that might be something we do much much later on um but that wasn't the purpose of that particular episode um because we're talking about mental health right and we're talking about what the bible talks about with mental health and how that looks and how it, how you can conquer and how you can actually be set free from mental health like you can be healed from this stuff and so but you know before we kind of get into all of that i do want to say like obviously i'm i am not like this mental health professional i don't have a degree in all of that what i i know what the bible says about it you know and how the bible says that you can win in certain areas but there's also a lot of science and there's also a lot of other things that is out there that we're learning that we're discovering which is honestly probably in the bible itself you know but we're learning we're discovering new things we're discovering how the brain works and how it functions it's the super super incredibly complicated thing inside of our bodies that it's just, you know, there's no way that, you know, not anytime soon are we going to be able to know exactly how everything functions. There's still so many questions, and the mental health field is something that is drastically, you know, growing in knowledge, and it, there's just so much that's unknown about how to do treatment and things like that. And so, um, obviously, you know, we've talked about in the past that I do want to make this I want to try to do this in the most clear way possible and how the reason why is because there's there's things that the bible talks about that will help that can set you free that can move you into purpose and you can start leading out in your life the way that god intended you to do you know but it requires some things to be taken care of before we we move into each one of those things and i do think they kind of are a process of finding freedom understanding your purpose and fueling that purpose and you know and so like there is a process in which you have to kind of work into each of these things it's, you know the bible talks more about it and as uh, the process of sanctification right sanctification is that kind of maturing from childish things into you know things that a man is supposed to do going from just the milk of scripture into the meat and taters <laughs> you know as we would call it here in the south uh the meat and taters of scripture right and so so there's a lot of those things that comes into play with this now depression depression is what we're going to talk about in this episode and depression is one of those things it's such a very general term because it there's it covers such a vast 
range of thought processes and emotions and things like that that it's hard to really like nail down particular reasons why you're feeling depressed you know because it can be a lot of different things because a lot of times feelings of sorrow after losing a loved one can be considered like depression in a therapeutic world sense and so but obviously that's not depression that's just feeling sorrow that's pretty normal like grieving uh, is a pretty normal thing that people go through when they lose a loved one or uh, when a teenager goes through a breakup because they don't know how the you know the emotions are fluctuating all over the place you know so on and so forth there's a lot of things that come with that particular emotion uh, which we're going to get into more in our next episode where we're actually going to interview uh, one of our friends that we have uh, and he and his family had to go through one of the most heart-wrenching things I could ever imagine as a father um, and I'm going to let him tell his story when he gets on here so that you guys can listen to that but be looking forward to that um, because it's really going to be awesome I do believe God's going to do a lot of cool things that's through that and he's going to be able to shed a light on a lot of different things and how to actually process emotions as a dude, as a father, as a man of the house. How do we go about doing those things? And I think he's going to be able to shine a lot of light on that and hopefully help a lot of people. Um, definitely look forward to that, guys. It's going to be amazing. Um, and so going diving into this now... Um, like I mentioned, we're talking about depression. We're, we're talking about how to deal with that at, in a biblical sense. Now, obviously, like I had mentioned, depression is such a wide range, like mental health disorder. Um, you know, there's so many different levels of depression. You know, and anxiety is kind of the same way as well. Anxiety is different than depression, which we're also going to be covering that later down the road. But anxiety is different than de than depression itself. But depression has such a wide range, and it's it's it can be difficult to deal with because the situations just change. Um, but I do believe, uh, you know, in a very personal sense some may disagree with me totally fine with it, with that but one thing i do believe is i believe that depression is i think in a lot of cases is self-inflicted and, and what i mean by that is um, obviously there's some situations you can't control you can't control a traumatizing situation that leaves you in a place of, of depression, right? You can't control, you know, getting molested as a child. You can't control, you know, somebody experiencing PTSD, which is actually a whole different thing that we're going to cover. But you can't, you can't control something that happened if you were in a military active service, going and serving and fighting for our country. You know, or you had a near-death experience that it leaves you in these crazy moods, right? Like, you can't control every situation that happens in your life. 
but you can control how you respond to all of those those situations. With that being said, the Bible gives some very clear ways in how we we can respond and that we can respond to life's events and life situations. Um, Now, I do want to be very clear, and I mentioned this in the previous podcast where I had said, you know, I'm not a person that doesn't believe that a chemical imbalance can't happen. We just don't have a test for it. Uh, So I'm not going to go a whole lot into that because I mentioned that in previous podcasts. But um, obviously when it comes to those things, like, yes, that medication can help balance those things out. Those medication will actually be helpful in that sense rather than be more harmful. Um, You know, and so... In those particular situations, which, like I said, I do believe that's a lot more far and few, you know, in between compared to more of a constant basis that we we see in the mental health field. But uh, with that being said, like it does exist. People do experience that. And psychotropic drugs can help you with that. Before I dive into the specifics of depression and what the Bible says, one thing I really, really want to be adamant about, people, is if you are at the point where you are suicidal, where you are wanting to take your life, or possibly somebody else's, seek help. Don't don't just cave in to those things. Don't give up. There are people out there that are going to help you. There is a suicide hotline. You can you can dial 899 and that will immediately give you someone that will connect you with someone that can talk you through what you need to do, how to, what, what the next steps are. But your life is valuable. You were made for a reason and for a purpose. And regardless of the things that you've been through, and I'm not saying they're not hard. I'm not saying the things that you've been through haven't been traumatic beyond belief. What I am saying is you have a story that you can help others with. Okay? Don't give up. Call that number 899. Call that. Talk to someone. Get help. And let's move forward because your life has a purpose and a reason. Don't Give up. Getting started into this now, I want to talk about what depression is. Kind of give a more detailed kind of definition, things like that. So, so I want to go. So I pulled up a blog post from American Psychi- Psychiatric Association. Um, they put a dog blog post out. You can just Google, you know, what is depression, and this will pop up. You know, it's a good read, honestly, to just give it some basic information. Obviously, them being psychiatrists, they do kind of flow heavier into the medication, but that's kind of their job. So that's like one, that's one of those things that obviously they're going to talk a little bit more about that than like a psychologist, um, because a psychiatrist, like I said, that's their job. They they deal with the medical side 
Um, and so they deal more with that, obviously, rather than the psychologist who's going to dig down into why are you feeling this way? What's going on in your life? Is this normal? Is this not normal? And work through how to how to deal with those and start, you know, changing and healing in that sense. And so um, basically it says here, and I'm just going to read straight from their website. Um, so depression or major depression, depressive disorder. Um, and so the reason why I say major depressive order, because they have different levels uh, on the major scale. This is somebody who's kind of the chronic chronic depression always depressed can't seem to fight out of it can't seem to really do much uh, in some cases um, these are people who don't want to get up out of the bed don't want to do anything just want to lay all around can't and, and, and honestly people who are in this point of depression it takes so much energy for them to get up and do anything because it just saps them from everything and so this is on a like a much higher level than somebody who's you know occasionally dealing with um like you know depression in the sense of like oh i'm not doing good enough in my job i'm not doing good enough as a father and so i'm in this funk right now like that's not what we're talking about we're talking kind of on a more extreme sense so uh, depression, major depressive order, uh, disorder, is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act. Fortunately, it is also, uh, yeah, fortunately, it is also treatable. Depression causes feelings of sadness and or loss of interest in activities you once enjoyed. It can lead to a variety of emotional and physical problems and can decrease your ability to function at work and at home um so that's just kind of its basic definition there and then it kind of goes into so depression symptoms can vary from mild to severe and can include feeling sad or having a depressed mood uh, loss of interest or pleasure in activities once enjoyed so like that would be in my sense uh i'm a gamer i love to game i find it really fun to do and so there have been times in the past where I just sit in front of the computer and I can't seem to like get on a video game because it's like I don't want to. Like my mind doesn't want to and I'm kind of in that low point, that depressed point. And, and so that's kind of what, what it's meaning with that. Uh, changes in appetite, weight loss, or gain unrelated to dieting. So obviously sometimes people respond to depression differently in this, right? Some people eat a whole bunch of food, right? You kind of you kind of see the joke of it in movies and stuff when somebody goes through a breakup and they're just eating tubs and tubs of ice cream, right? Uh, the other side of that is people can actually kind of can starve themselves um, where they don't eat, they don't because it just too much energy in their minds to go and eat and do things. So it can be quite the opposite end of that. Um, it can cause trouble sleeping or sleeping too much. Uh, once again, it's one of those things. It's kind of that sliding scale, right? Either you don't sleep at all because you can't, you can't stop your mind. Well, does it stop thinking about whatever is going on in your life? Or on the other hand of that, you can't, you just sleep all the time because you have absolutely no energy. 
so loss of energy or increased fatigue, increase in uh, purposeless physical activity. So inability to sit still, pacing, hand uh, uh, wiggling, uh, or slowed movements or speech. These actions must be severe enough to be observed by others. Okay, so in that particular case where, like, you can't sit still, you can't, you're pacing a room, you can't, you're wiggling, your legs consistently bouncing all the time. I'm not talking about it. Uh, uh, you know, me, I'm a drummer. And so naturally my body just moves because I'm constantly thinking about music. That's different. This would be quite the opposite. This would, you know, this, this, for in this instance, for me, it would be like if I just sitting there vegging out. <laughs> so something that's noticeable that's outside of your normal thing that you do. Uh, feeling worthless or guilty about something. Uh, difficulty thinking, concentrating, or making decisions. Uh, thoughts of death or suicide, which we had talked about before. If you are in that point and you're very low or not just like thinking about it, but actually planning things, things like that, go seek help. Um, and so with these, obviously you can experience a lot of these different things. Um, just because you do some of these things doesn't necessarily mean that you're depressed, so to speak. Some of these are, might just be normal. Um, these are like abnormal versions of these type thing. Um, so like difficulty thinking, concentrating, or making decisions. Like if you're somebody who has like ADHD, um, or ADD, uh, things like that, where you can't, you can, your mind's just run, racing and running and you can't focus or if it's Monday morning, <laughs> right at work, you can't focus, your mind's just going and you can't seem to just concentrate, things like that. Like those are normal things. This is like on a whole nother level right where you literally every single day day in day out all the time throughout the whole day you cannot get your mind to do anything properly it just is it is on the other end of that um so obviously with these so these are just symptoms uh so it says symptoms must last at least two weeks or must uh, represent a change in your previous level of functioning for a diagnosis of depression uh, so there, like I said, this is different than just like your typical, you know, like everyday thing that you just might be just kind of part of who you are. Or like I said, I'm a drummer, so I drum and I, and I move my legs all the time to beats and things like that. That's different, right? Um, so also it, it says here also medical conditions, um, you know, like thyroid uh, problems or brain tumor or vitamin deficiency can mimic symptoms of depression. So it is important to rule out general medical causes. So basically what they're saying before you kind of dive into any psychotropic drugs or anything like that, it's actually really good to go talk to your doctor and go like if it's one of those things like you go and talk to a therapist and there's like your life is going really great and you know your job is going really well your family's going really well and things are like there's nothing really like in that sense that could cause like depression to be happening that is just kind of one of those moments where you go okay 
your therapist definitely should look at that and go, okay, maybe let's go talk. Maybe you should make an appointment with your doctor. Go talk to your doctor. Let's let's double check that there's nothing weird going on within you physically that could be causing some of this stuff. And so, um, but it also says here, I'm going to continue reading. So, depression affects an estimated uh, one in 15 adults, so 6.7% in any given year. Um, and one in six people, 16.6, will experience depression at some point in time in their life. Now, these are recorded cases. I honestly think this is a lot higher um, where people experience these moments of depression and stuff. But typically, people don't go and get seen or people know and have ways that they can kind of pull themselves out of it, which is a good thing. Um, and so depression can occur at any time, but on an average first appears during the late teens to mid twenties, women are more likely than men to experience depression. That's just, I think that's just normal because women process emotions differently than men. And so I, I, I don't know, you know, it may be one of those things that it might be like, as far as like what this is saying, um, it might be different in men than women but at the same time i think men it just shows up differently um you know i think a lot of men's depression shows up as discouragement more than it does like feeling sad or you know things like that now not that it doesn't happen i think it just shows up differently um you know so i don't know if that's i mean in in this sense obviously and recorded cases is what this is basing off of uh, I, you know, I wouldn't say it's correct, but I just think men don't go and find help as much as women do, is what it boils down to. Um, so some studies show that, that one-third of women will experience a major depressive episode in their lifetime. There's a high degree of uh, heritability uh, when first-degree first relatives have depression, right? So uh, you can, like, this might be something that can be inherited as well. So that's an interesting thing to kind of think about with that. Um, so obviously, once again, depression is different than like grief or bereavement. Um, depression is one of those things, like it is normal to like grieve and it is normal to have sorrow about losing a loved one or, you know, many different things. So like, Obviously, in those ca cases of losing a loved one or, you know, experiencing something that causes that grief, whatever that looks like, that's just going to be different. Now, they do say, um, which I don't know how much I agree with this one as well, but they do say typically if you're experiencing, like, grief and things like that longer than, uh, I think, I want to say it's like six months then after that period of time is when you can be kind of clinically put into like depression and that you know you need to go in and seek help and things like that like i said i don't know how much i agree with that in general just because i think sorrow and grief is something especially especially in very unexpected situations um i think they can last longer than that um, because there's just like like it's one of those things like if my grandmother passes away you know it would be it would i would feel grief 
for that because she's my grandmother or my grandfather, especially my grandfather. Like, you know, if he passes away, I'm going to feel grief for that. But he's also much older. And so as, as grandparents and things like that become older, it's not unexpected that older people pass away. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that you don't feel hurt and grief from that. But it's different than, you know, someone who has a 20-year-old son, you know, has a situation where the son passes away in some tragic way or event. Like, that's different. That's unexpected. Somebody who's 20 years old, that's not an expected thing. And so it's, it's different in how you deal with those situations. And it may take longer. And so I feel like situation changes that a little bit. Um, and so, and then it goes on here. Uh, so some risk factors of depression. Depression can affect anyone, even a person who appears to live a relatively ideal circumstances. Uh, severe factors can play a role uh, in or several factors, sorry, can play a role in depression. So biochemistry differences in certain chemicals in the brain may contribute to symptoms of depression. Kind of mentioned that before. Uh, genetics, uh, depression can run in families. For example, if one identical twin has depression, the other has a 70% chance of having the illness sometime in their life as well. Uh, personality, people with low self-esteem who are easily overwhelmed by stress, who, who are generally pessimistic, appear to be more likely to experience depression, which is, we're actually going to deal with that in this episode. And then environmental factors, um, continuous exposure to violence, neglect, abuse, or poverty may make some people more vulnerable to depression. And that, that could be just what you're consuming, the movies you watch, the TV shows you watch, um, video games on it, you know, can play a part in that. I'm not, I'm not harping on video. Like I play video games and I do a lot of those things, but I am careful on what I do bring in because what you do bring in does affect you. Um, regardless of how we, you know, we want to trash on people that talk about it that way just because we love playing our video games. But in general, what you bring in does affect you. It's just part of it. Um, so how depression is treated, um, you know, so obviously in those cases, uh, it says depression uh, is among the most treatable of mental disorders. Between 80 and 90 percent of people with depression eventually re respond well to treatment. Almost all patients gain some relief of their symptoms. Uh, before a diagnosis or treatment, a health professional should conduct a thorough diagnostic evaluation, including an interview and a physical examination. So going to see a psychologist to talk with you and interview you, but also going to see your physical care doctor or your family doctor um, to also do a physical examination to make sure that there's nothing wonky going on with that as well. Um, and so um, obviously going to some counseling to kind of work through some stuff that's happened in your life, maybe work through a um a situation that's going on maybe working on self-esteem and self-view 
uh, self-worth, things like that, especially in men. I think that's, that's a big one. Um, medication can help in the senses of chemical imbalance. Um, but also I do want to, I do want to also talk about like an interesting thing that happens when you are in the, like in the moments of depression is there's two parts of your brain that depression kind of affects. Um, one part, uh, grows smaller the longer you stay depressed and one part grows larger. And interestingly enough, and this is why medication kind of plays a part in this a little bit, but medication can help that part of your brain that grows smaller, which is causing you to kind of be in these depressed moods, to grow bigger. But the other side that got larger, at least at this point in time, we have no way to make it smaller. And so I find that so interesting when you think about scripture and you think about God in general and how we work the work with that and when we read scripture because God talks a lot about and and you can read through the Bible about the fact that you have a story to tell you have something you have a testimony of things that God has conquered in your life that you'll never forget you'll ne the pain may never go away but we know that God is so much bigger than that. And so, without further ado, talking about the Bible, let's go ahead and start diving in. Uh, there's a lot more in that blog. Um, I'd, I'd actually encourage you guys to go and read more into that. I didn't want to read through the whole blog. It's, it would just take a very long time to go through it all. But I would highly encourage you to go in and, like I said, just, just Google what is depression and it's 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 a blog post uh, it's titled what is depression um from the psychiatry the uh, psych uh what does it say uh psychiatry.org is what the website is so highly recommend going and looking at it might be kind of insightful it might give you some questions things like that and some things to think about um, they, those are the professionals, and that's why I wanted to read some of that, because I wanted to get some understanding of what that is. And so, so now we want to talk about what we can do in a biblical sense to start conquering depression, to start having freedom and healing from, from this disorder or this illness. And so I, I had mentioned before we got into this that I feel like a lot of depression is kind of self-inflicted. There's some things that we just have to work through and that we have to gain freedom from. And I say this from a person who's been there, who's had to deal with this and who's had to grow like in many different areas of my life in order to even start talking about these things in a proper way. And so the first thing I really do want to talk about is spiritual growth. Spiritual growth is such a big thing. Now, obviously, in the world of in the world of therapeutic care and mental health and things like that, they're not going to really talk much about spiritualness and things like that because they don't really believe that that's something that's real. Now, um, not now that being said, they do believe that those are things that people use to help deal with things and things like that. And that's how they view spirituality and religion is more of like, this is how people are coping with it. It's like a coping skill almost. 
But obviously, as we see it is spiritual growth and things like that, like all of that is that is the most important thing for us because we believe this is real, that this is something that actually happened, that God is a real spiritual being, that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh, and that we have the, those who believe in Jesus Christ have the Holy Spirit within us. And so with all of that, we that's what we have. That's what we believe. And so um, so in, in the Word of God, we see this common theme about growth and sanctification, uh, spiritual maturity, and doing away with childish things. Uh, we also see this conversation about the battle that we are in. Uh, we're in obviously the battle that we are in is a spiritual one. The, if the enemy can keep you depressed, if the enemy can keep you in this down state, he will do it, and he wants to do that. You know, and so, it, you know, in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks a lot about what we fight against, right? So in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavenly places. Um, and so, obviously, that's, that's who we're, we're fighting in this sense in a spiritual battle, like, we're not fighting against people. People may hurt us, but the evil that comes into this world is from, ultimately, from them, right? Like, the battle, like, it's their, it's the evil force's influence that causes us to move into this. Whether it is, like, obviously we have a flesh nature that strives towards that. And then, obviously, there are the spiritual forces, such as fallen angels, demons, and, you know, and all of those things, which, once again, that, that's not something we're going to get into a whole lot in this discussion. It's kind of not the purpose of it, but that is things that we are fighting against, and they do fight against us. And the more you... <laughs> I wish I could explain how tough the battle can become when you start moving into what God wants for you, at least it feels tough at first, but this is why we got to focus in on these things and start walking in these things of God so that we know we can, so that we can know how to fight against it. And so as that particular, so in Ephesians chapter six, like I said, we, we read there, um, as it kind of goes in, it talks a lot about, it says, then it goes and it talks, uh, you know, we talk about how we take up, uh, you know, certain things in order to defend ourselves against the forces, uh, you know, against those evil forces that we had just talked about. So that's, you know, we, these are the things that we teach in Sunday school and things like that. It's the, the armor of God, right? So these, and those things is the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness. Uh, we have a God, you know, gospel of peace, of faith and salvation, um, we have all of those things that protect us. And so those are things that we got to sit in. We got to know the truth. Like truth will set you free, right? Uh, we, you know, be people of righteousness who seek after righteousness of God. Uh, we got to be people who preach the gospel. Like we preach the gospel, but we do it in a peaceful way. We're not, we, it was a gospel of 
peace, right? So we, when we preach the gospel, you preach the gospel out of love and out of peace and, you know, and patience and all of the things of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, we got to have faith that God is going to conquer, that we got to have faith that God is going to push us through. And then we know that we, and we can feel secure in that salvation of God, right? That our salvation secures us and gives us that victory. And so we have all of those things that if we start relying on these, we're protected. We're protected from all the things that the enemy is gonna, gonna come at us. Not that there, not that there are gonna be battles that they win and not that our flesh nature won't, won't win in some cases. Obviously we're, we still have it. We're still things that we're gonna fight against. And that's not what I'm talking about. You know, in, in this particular sense that it's just one of those things that if we're rooted in this, those times where we've, where we lose become shorter. Right. And so what I mean is like those times where we become depressed, right, where we're sitting in our depression and we can't seem to get out of it. The amount of time you spend in that thought process becomes a lot shorter because you know who you are in Christ. It's crazy how it works, but the more you know who you, who you are in Christ and you know truth and you seek righteousness and you preach in the gospel and you have faith and you know, you know, and you're saved, obviously your salvation, like all of those things, like you're going to be protected and, and it's going to be a lot shorter that you sit in that, um, you know, but then we also have to remember that we're not just sitting ducks, right? Like we, we aren't meant to just sit and kind of curl up in these things right like yes we have the armor and it's great and they do protect us but we're also meant to fight we're also meant to stand up and fight and right after we talk right after this section here it gives us two two weapons that we fight with which are intercessory prayer and god's word god's word knowing god's word speaking god's word thinking about god's word reading it day in and day out it's so important that you're in god's word all the time um and that prayer right pray without ceasing um now obviously don't be weird about that right that's not like oh, i'm gonna be in prayer forever and i'm never gonna do anything else that's not that that's not what it's talking about it's just saying in like as you're going throughout the day praying to god praying for things praying for people um but i do also want to kind of be Oh, like specific about that. So I believe there's two ways that you can pray and two ways that you can uh, read your Bible. Okay. Uh, so one, you pray to fight. You pray to be in this battle, right? Pray. So that means like you're, you're praying intercessory prayer, right? You're trying to pray for somebody to going through something. You're praying for your family or your wife right like protection and fighting and doing all of those things and then that's also with the word of god like getting in and studying the word of god with you know and having uh commentaries and having study time where you're really digging deep into the word of god and knowing theology like that's all like that spiritual battle point right but then you have your other way that you do those two that you pray and you read god's word and that is to enjoy god's presence right because if if what you do all the time is in battle then yeah you're gonna get wore out and then you're gonna get burnt out and you're going to feel 
depressed and you're going to just get exhausted because you're also meant to have joy in the Lord, right? That's what the Bible says. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so for us to continue this fight, for us to continue this race and doing these things, we have to have times where we just are enjoying God, where we're just reading the Bible to read the Bible because we love it, right? We read the Bible because it's a beautiful book and it's, it's not, we're just reading it just to read it, not to necessarily dig in and study things, but just to read it. But then that's the same thing with prayer, right? Like imagine like if you're just kind of on a walk or something like that or out and about and you just see something that's beautiful or, you know, or you're in a season where trees are changing or whatever and you just you just thank god god i'm so thankful for your creation i'm so thankful for what you've done and and just enjoying that conversation with god like you need that because the joy of the lord is our strength that's we have to have those things to continue on in this life and to continue this battle and so we have to really focus in on those things that we have to focus in on the you know like the truth of scripture was be seeking after righteousness like we like we talked about in our last couple of uh you know with daniel he was somebody that sought after the righteousness of god you know understanding the gospel and speaking it in a peaceful way you know having faith and salvation and all of those things like we just have to continually seek all of those things and then as we do though do that and we seek after the you know the gifts of uh not the gifts but the um the fruits of the spirit and we try to work towards those then at that point in time we can start finding freedom in all that we do it's you'll be so surprised on how all of that's going to pull you into a whole different place right so so how does this all play into depression well depression is a you know is kind of one of those things that it is kind of a very self-centered mental health disorder it's all about i mean if you really dig down and think about depression you're you're not depressed because somebody else is depressed right like you don't you're not in this mood because somebody else is having a bad day right like it's all because you are having a bad day something's happening to you and it's all about you and so when you have that it's one of those things that in order to live this life seeking after christ then it's one of those things that as you live and you seek after Christ, what's going to, you have to die to self, right? That's what it says, to live as Christ and to die as gain, right? Dying to yourself daily, taking up your cross. Like in order to live this Christian life, we have to be quite the opposite of self-centered. And so naturally, refusing to live for ourselves, but to live for Christ will actually take away a lot of the things that are causing us to be depressed because it's our focus is just different right and so when we seek after the things of god and we seek after them it's going to change and it's going to be different and so 
So our next section here that I want to kind of dive into this next point. So spiritual growth is the first one. The second one is going to be character development. And so this is this is going to be a little bit different, right? So this is talking, so now we're okay. We have this moment, right, where we, we're seeking after Christ. We're seeking after God and the things of God. Um, but now, okay, now we got to start working on self. We got to start working on who we are as a person and who, or who God wants us to be as a person. And so I want to start this off by reading Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to to your call one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and through all in all and in all but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of christ's gift therefore it says when he ascended on high he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men in, in saying he ascended, what what does it mean but that he had also descended into a lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and, uh, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceit, uh, deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the, whole bo it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So that whole section there. It's all talking about the the body of Christ having unity in the things of Christ, having unity of, in Scripture, having unity in the essential beliefs and the essential things of Scripture. Um, and it, when you have unity of those things, it, then you know, like, it, when you have that unity and you're one with each other and you're one with God, in all of those things, right, in, in God the Father, right, just as, just as Christ and the Holy Spirit is one with the Father, we as the church should be one with one another. And when you do that, when you have that unity, only then can you actually be built up into mature manhood. You, 
you can move into that mature manhood. It's very specific on the manhood to the mature stature and the fullness of Christ, right? That's verse 13 that's talking about that, right? And so when you have unity with one another, right? So you need people, right? So in order for you to kind of have this character development that that's referring to moving from the childish things into what a man is supposed to be, you know, a child, it's, it even gives a very detailed description, you know, we've got to move away from being a child, which is tossed to and fro by all the waves, by all the, all the craftiness and the, you know, all of those things. So in, in other words, a mature believer in Christ is someone who, who isn't getting tossed all over the place by going and watching a bunch of TikToks. But isn't isn't getting tossed all over the place in their beliefs by going and watching, you know, a couple of things on YouTube. We at our church we call them the YouTube theologians, right? Like a mature believer is somebody who actually knows what the Word of God says. They, you know, uh, one of my favorite people to listen to uh, sermons from and stuff, uh, preachers is a guy named Paul Washer. Paul Washer says, if I can get two people together and ask them to explain to me like a particular doctrine like let's say the doctrine uh you know uh or explain who god is to me and he said one person i he said if one person told me you know god got their theology from books and another person got their theology from scripture he could easily tell the difference between the two people they may be right and may believe in the exact same thing and be able to say the exact same stuff but the person who got their theology from scripture is gonna gonna have a very very different approach than somebody who went to youtube and got their theology right and or from just reading a book that a man wrote right and so when we're talking about that and the character development is we have to have unity we have to have unity with our church. We have to have our church to help us build up. I would highly recommend finding a church that goes out of their way to do things to help build up the body. So like our church, we have our life groups. And so I would highly recommend finding a, a church that is there to help kind of support you in this growth because you and, and and the church that you can be unified with and, and when i say unified that doesn't mean that you don't have disagreements every once in a while okay when i say unified i mean that you're not aren't you like you're you believe the same things right like not that like i said that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's perfect they're not going to be perfect People will hurt you, and even the people that are closest to you will do something to hurt you. And that's, but that's not what we're talking about. Unified, we're talking about unified in the beliefs of Scripture and what Scripture is. You should be unified in those in those things with whatever church you go to, and in that unity, then growth can happen because you help each other out in that. And so, because you're gonna have to do, you're gonna have to allow people. You have to allow people to have some to say some hard things to you. Okay, you can't constantly fight back every time somebody critique, you know, critiques a little bit. Or, or if you come up to somebody asking for advice and they tell you something, 
whether you agree with the advice or not, the way that you and this is character development because the old you might have been like, "Oh, that's the dumbest thing. I'm never gonna do that. I don't even know why I asked for your advice." Right? Like, but but the mature person will go, "Oh, I'm so thankful. You know, I'm gonna take in consideration what you said. I thank you so much for the advice that you've given me. Uh, I'm gonna really pray more about this and think about this some more." And then you just take that advice. You either you either take that advice or you don't. Right, but all, but ultimately the mature how you respond shows maturity, right? And so now let's come back to depression, right? So what does this look like when it comes to depression? Well, we've already talked about how depression is kind of a self-centered thing, right? And so people who constantly reject other people because you know for one reason or the other it's always a selfish reason if if we're going to be honest with ourselves it's always a selfish reason like i said it people can't hurt you right people are broken just like you are right just like i am people are broken and and people broken people do stupid things they do things that hurt people and it sucks and it hurt, and it does hurt and it could be some of the closest people to you that do something that you're just totally just caught you by surprise. But how we respond to those things is different. And how you respond to those d- decides whether you go into depression or you don't, right? Because you could look and we already established that our enemy is not people. And that if we want to have spiritual growth, we have to be selfless, right? And so... You can either look at that situation or that thing that person said, that thing that person did or didn't do in some situations, and you can go take those situations and just completely lose it, right? And then you completely lose it, and then you hurt, the hurt keeps going with that, or you could take that situation and pray, read God's word, Right, battle. This is those battle situations. Battle that out, you know, with God. Be there, you know, have God be there with you. Have God guide you through. You have the Holy Spirit. If you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit that guides you through these things. That's what He's there for. Let Him influence you and change and transform you and sanctify you in this situation. And then. The Bible gives us some very particular things and ways that we go about dealing with hurt, church hurt, and things like that, right? And forgiveness. One, forgive them. You have to forgive them. Like, or, and you don't have to. It's your choice. But forgive them. If you want to have freedom, you need to forgive people that's hurt you in the past. You have to. Number two, you you know, it talks about going to that person. So if that person hurt you, go and talk to them. They probably... Uh, legit nine times out of ten or honestly probably even more like 99 percent of the time people don't even realize that they hurt you a lot of times people said things or did things thinking like it was without malicious intent like the whole like what they did was not meant to hurt it was actually just them like in a either bad mood or they had a bad day and they accidentally snapped on you and things like that and they just you took the brunt of it which you shouldn't have but you did and they kind of exploded and garbage trucked you right they just dumped or dump trucked you <laughs> and you just kind of took all of it 
and they, there was no intention to do that to you. And so, but, you know, it's one of those things, like, you go to that person and talk to them about it, and they, and 99% of the time, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that, I didn't know that that hurt you, I didn't realize you, I would, or, you know, I was just kidding, I didn't, you know, and, and most of the time, you can just talk it out, and it's totally fine, and your relationship is completely rekindled, but if you don't do that, if you don't go to that person and talk to that person, you could lose a friendship, like a good friendship right you know and then the bible talks about if you go to that person and they don't want to talk to you they don't want to have any part of you and they don't want to do any of that stuff then what do you do okay well then you go and you seek somebody to help you with that so you go to an elder in the church a leader in your church somebody in your church this is where that church body needs to come together right and you say hey i've been trying to work with this person you know we had a disagreement we had something going i went to them and it kind of escalated even further back, you know, and I think I just need somebody to help me kind of walk through this and talk through this and so that, and, you know, and then, and then you and that other person kind of walks through those things, right? And then, uh, and then if they still say no, then you kind of go into, and then you take it a step further where you get more people involved and then eventually the church gets involved. And then if that person decides I'm done with all of this, then you let them go on their way and then but you did all you that you could have done and you know and that's kind of that whole church discipline and things like that but it all starts with just like i said 99 percent of this time it's just having that conversation with the person and understand and but coming into the conversation truly wanting to listen and and understand their heart behind what they did it's gonna make a just a world of difference and so doing these things talking to the people just hashing some stuff out here and there is going to completely change a lot of the depression that you deal with because what ends up happening most of the time because we live in a world where we don't want to communicate with people outside of social media which social media isn't working right because you just blow up on somebody in social media or through text or things like that like that doesn't work right and so what do you have to do what you have to do is you need to go through and you need to actually work these things out and and instead of just sitting there and dwelling on it and dwelling on it and dwelling on it and getting more and more angry and frustrated and and then you become sad and depressed and you start when there's no communication you you start thinking about things and and thoughts start flying all over the place and and then you start having distrust and the unity breaks and the peace breaks and and then now you're depressed and now you're right back into where god doesn't want you to be and never intended you to be and that's why he's giving you steps and things to take but it requires a little bit of maturity it requires you to be like okay i need to push my pride to the side I need to push these negative feelings to the side. Let's go read God's word. Let's go talk to God. Let's go pray. Let's get, you know, let's have that conversation with God and get my, my heart right. And then let's go into the conversation and actually fix the situations. And so that's where character development comes in. That's how character development changes and is going to help you work these things differently. And so, uh, and then... Uh, our next little point here that I want to talk about is working. Um, and so what do I mean by working? I'm talking about your purpose, right? Working your purpose, work, doing what you're supposed to. God created man to be workers, like to work hard, 
to do whatever we do to a hundred percent. Like he created us to do that. God's a hardworking God. He created us in that image to be workers. And so <laughs> I've heard this actually taught before in a church, which kind of made me giggle, but it was taught that, you know, we have to work really hard because that was just part of part of the fall that was just part of what we have to do and so now we have to just work all the time and we have to work strenuously and all this stuff all the time and work 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 is all is we had to do all that because that was just part of the fall that's just that's our curse right and i'm like that's that's not actually what you technically read because if you go to genesis chapter one which uh by the way that's before the fall happens but if you go to Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all, and all the wild animals and over all creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God he created them. Male and female, he created them. Uh, verse 28, God created them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, or fruitful and multiply, depending on the translation. We're, we're reading out of the, uh, this is the NIV uh, here. Uh, I actually meant to read this in the ESV, but that's all right. We'll read this, we'll keep going. Uh, but um, be fruitful, uh, let's see, be, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea. And the birds in the sky, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And God said, "I gave you, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit, will with seed in it. They will bring, they will be yours for food. And to all of the beasts and of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath, uh, has the breath of life in it. I give." every green plant for food and it was so and god saw that he had all that he had made it it was and it was very good and there was the evening and there was morning and that was the sixth day chapter two starts out talking about the seventh day which is when he he rested from all of the work that he had done the six days previously you know he worked and he created and he and he did all of those things and he rested and and when he rested he made that a holy day where we kind of come into the sabbath day and things like that um which that's like a whole other talk there <laughs> um but in this particular case we see here as we read this verse right it it teaches us that god created us to go out and subdue the earth to work the earth um let me actually pull this up in esv because i really liked how it says it better esv says uh, but it says be fruitful multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fits of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the living creatures and things like that and then when we go into chapter two uh, we we kind of see this whole, it kind of goes deeper into the story of mankind um, and what, the, like, God gave Adam a job of naming all the animals, but he also was there to tend the garden, to take care of the garden uh, that we see there. And so that's what we see in chapter two. So he gave him work to do. He had work to do, 
right? God created us to be people who work hard. Now, when we get to the fall, now this is the difference, right? And so in the fall, and the curse that had come from the fall was our work would now not be so enjoyable. Like, our, what we used is kind of what they, they say, right? If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? Like, that's a blessing from God, I'm just telling you. Because God because God says that the curse of man is that work is going to suck. <laughs> like, it's just going to. And it's going to be hard. And getting food is going to be difficult. And raising livestock is going to be difficult. And doing all of those things, which was so easy. Like, not easy. It still was work, but... But it wasn't strenuous. It wasn't any of those things. Like it was, it was kind of handed to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when they were put in the garden to um, to take care of the garden, to tend the garden. All of these things, like they enjoyed their work, and it wasn't hard work. They didn't sweat doing this job. They enjoyed everything they do. It was kind of, it, it, as we say, it was paradise, right? Um, so the curse was that our work is going to be a lot more difficult and it's not going to fulfill us like it should have done, right? Because that's what, so basically what we're kind of building up to here is we have, basically you grow spiritually, so you want to have freedom. You have to have freedom over the strongholds that the enemy puts on you, right? And then once you have freedom, now we got to see, okay, we got to mature a little bit. We got to grow a little bit. We have a little bit of character development so we know what our purpose is. We know what God put us here on the earth to do. We know what that calling is and that we can walk in that calling and grow in that calling and, and start doing those things, right? And when you start working in that calling, life starts to feel a lot more fulfilling. But we also have to work hard at those things. We have to we do have God create us be hard workers and to enjoy the things that he's given us and to give, you know, do everything that you do with all, all that, you know, all that you can, right? Cause it glorifies God when we do that. Um, and so when we work hard and we're working in our purpose and we're, we're working in a way that glorifies God, life just becomes enjoyable like life just becomes nice it just life feels different it really does you kind of get a sense of purpose and a sense of of doing something like you're not just walking through the world anymore and being bored if, if you're bored i would say i would I always tell my my girls uh, my son's not quite old enough to understand things. He's only one. But I tell my girls all the time, listen, when they come up and they say, Dad, I'm bored. I'm like, listen, boring people are bored. Right? Like, if you're bored with what you're doing, that's probably because you're kind of a boring person. <laughs> like, you've got to find a way to make make purpose out of everything that you're doing. And that just comes with understanding who you are in the eyes of God and working hard to glorify God. When we do everything kind of going back, we got to die to self to live for Christ, right? And so when we're doing those things, we're glorifying our Heavenly Father. And life just looks very different when we do that. And these things, if we start working through these things as people, and this is going to look very different 
depending on the person, right? And God calls people to certain things that he doesn't call other people. So your calling and all of that stuff is going to look very different um, than what we, what we may see in one particular person. And so when you're walking in this calling of God and you're spiritually walking and talking with the Lord and you're, and God's going to just fill you up. And I'm telling you right now, if you're not doing these things and you're living a life just completely entrenched in the enemy, just completely taken over by the enemy, you will be depressed continually. You, you will not be able to think correctly. Your anxiety will be through the roof. There's so many other things that we can say that will happen, right? And it can even get very dangerous if we walk that life. If you don't want to have that life that's completely unstable like that, start doing these things, right? Start working in these things. Go go and talk to a counselor. Go and get some help. Let them help you with some of that and, and your thinking process and your self-image. And, you know, let God start working through you with the community that's around you. We need each other. We need each other as men, as dads. We need each other so desperately. So I... My biggest encouragement, as I'm closing this right now, my biggest encouragement to you is that you walk with the Lord daily and you die to yourself and live for Christ. Once you start doing those things, I'm telling you, you're going to find freedom. You're going to find victory. But you do need God and you need other men. You absolutely need those two things. The word of God is very clear on that. You're not meant to do this life alone, so stop doing it alone. As men, we hate that. We don't want to do things with other people. We want to just fix things ourselves. Stop it. You're making your life miserable and you're making other people's lives around you miserable. Let's start walking with God, right? It's a challenge, right? Let's let's start that walk. Get a devotional. Get in God's word. Start praying. However that looks. It could be a kid's Bible. It could be whatever you're comfortable with. But just get started. And don't get started in spiritual warfare. Just get started by enjoying it. Right? Just read. You don't have to study and get super deep into everything right now. Just read God's word to read God's word. Because... Because God's word is enjoyable to read. Just pray to God and talk to him about everything and anything. You start doing those things. Let's get that's where we start, right? Just and start enjoying time with God. As we end, as we end every single podcast, I want to pray for you guys. Uh, and like I said, we're gonna pray for John and his family as well. Um, so let's go ahead. So, dear Lord, we come before you today, God, just thanking you for your word and we're thanking you for the ability to even talk to you and to communicate with you god and lord we just thank you for creating us and we thank you for the creation that you've given us lord and all the things that you bring into our lives and the blessings and uh little blessings of our children and our wives and and all of the people that you bring into our lives god we're just so thankful for everything that you've done and to line all of that up to bring just the right people, the right song, the right whatever it is to help us continue this walk with you, God. And Lord, I just want to pray for John and his family right now, Lord, that 
you're with them in this transition period or you're with them in their health and that they you know they are healthy and that the baby is healthy and that they stay healthy and then they also continue to grow in that sense too in the physical sense god that they they become you know just healthy and healed from all that that they get some sleep <laughs> that's the big thing guys so we just want to pray for john we're going to lift john up and lord we love you in your name we pray amen